It's September 20th. It's a Tuesday, which means it's time for a new Fenway Rundown. I'm Chris Cotillo, your host. Last week, you listened as we, Chris Smith and I, or Mass Lives Red Sox beat writers, handed out our Red Sox report cards for 2022. We gave A's, we gave B's, and we, in a couple cases, gave out F's. We did position players last week, and we're back this week grading the team's pitching staff. Obviously, it has been a year to forget for the Red Sox pitchers. The bullpen has been horrible. Starting pitching has been pretty good overall, but all hurt for most of the season. We've seen a lot of rookies, and we've seen a lot of different guys pitching in a lot of different roles. So it's going to take us some time to get through this, but we're going to grade them. Uh, It's time for pitchers' report cards. We are back with Chris Smith for week two of our Red Sox report cards tonight. We're going to handle the pitchers on a, uh, as we record this on Tuesday afternoon, a uh, pretty busy day, you know, in terms of Red Sox pitching news. So we'll touch on that as we give out our grades. You heard last week, we ranked and graded all of the Red Sox position players from the best Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts to the worst, you know, Bobby Dahlbeck, JD Martinez, some guys at the bottom of that list. We'll do the same now. Uh, And we'll start with the starting rotation. I think that is obviously a natural place to start on any team. And we'll kind of go in the order of innings that guys have given them uh, this season. Uh, There's one guy who leads the pack in terms of innings as we sit here, 165 and two thirds. He's been a workhorse, 30 starts, very up and down season for one Nick Pavetta in his second full season with the Red Sox. I mean, Chris, you look at it, you know, some really, really good stretches, some really bad stretches, some struggles against the AL East, some very dominant starts. I mean, Nick Pavetta has proven that he is one of the most inconsistent pitchers in baseball. When he's on, he can be, you know, a number two starter. And when he's off, he's a guy that, you know, is prone to blow up innings. He sits here today with a 4-3-5 ERA. How would you grade the season that Nick Pavetta's had? B minus. Like, you know, he is what he is. He's not a number two starter. Nope. He's about a number five starter, four or five starter. And, you know, when you look at it, you know, he did what he did, what exactly what the Red Sox need. He gave them innings, you know, he gave them quality starts, um, mm-hmm. you know, the 4.21 FIP and, you know, 4.35 ERA aren't bad at all. And, uh, you know, he got beat a few times, you know, he got, he got, uh, you know, he got hit hard a few times, but, um, you know, overall, they'll take that, right? I think so. But I just feel like the ceiling's higher, you know? Like, I just feel like when you see some of the outings that he has, when he's absolutely dominant and everything's working, and that stretch he had, you know, in May in the early part of June where he was, like, one of the best pitchers in the American League, we were talking about him as an all-star. Like, there is a gear that he can get to. And at some point, you know, I thought this would be the year he'd take, he'd take that step forward. It was not. Uh, and so, for me, uh, I give him a C plus. I think, you know, it just, yes, he has been – you know, the most, I guess he's given them the most innings. He's done his job to an extent, but, um, you know, I just think that there's another gear he can reach. Understandable. Not to the next guy. <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> for your response there. Uh, number two in innings, I think that this is kind of, or, or number two in starts, I should say. A guy that, you know, uh, is wonderful in the clubhouse, wonderful to the media. So I think, you know, anytime we talk about this guy, there is an inherent bias just because he is, as other people have said, one of the greatest gentlemen in baseball. There have been bright spots. There have been low points for him. Missed in an, a month with injury. It is 42-year-old Rich Hill. I think the only member of the Red Sox who is older than you, which you can hang your hat on. 23 starts, a 4.70 ERA, 107 in the third innings. They're like 500 in his starts. For me, for what they asked him to do, 
it's like a B minus, you know, like he's eaten a hundred plus innings um, other than that one fluke kind of knee thing. in in July, he's been out there every five days. I know there's been some ugly points, but there's also been some really dominant starts and, and I give him, you know, a B minus, I think is pretty fair for the season. He's given you as a number five starter. I think the four seven oh ERA is probably a little higher than they would have wanted. There have been too many non-competitive blowups, but you know, it's not, it's not disastrous because what were your expectations, you know? So I, that's what I give him. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at it, the 3.92 FIP. So, you know, that's better than the, the right. ERA. Um, you know, I mean, he's done what he does, you know, he's, he's fun to watch, uh, cause he throws, you know, extremely, uh, slow curve balls and, and, you know, his, his fastball is in the upper eighties and, you know, I guess it, it has the ability to come us comes out as a way of like, you know, when, when hitters see it, it looks like, you know, mid nineties when it's mm-hmm. really, you know, 89 or 88 and stuff right. like that. Some days, sometimes the velo has been up more on the fastball this year. Sometimes it's been down lower than what would be expected. So, um, you know, I think overall a decent year, I give him a C plus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's what you pretty much asked him to do. You know, maybe a victim of a little bad luck there. One guy who has exceeded expectations and really been, you know, the Red Sox best pitcher all year. This will be an easy grade. Michael Waka, 20 starts. He's not been the most durable guy. He's been on the IL twice, but 2.61 ERA. Uh, that's a guy where the FIP goes the other way, 3.51 FIP. Uh, you know, he's just come out there and given them, you know, a quality start pretty much every time he's been out there. He's 11 and one. He has been, you know, a, a hit for Heim Bloom. You know, there haven't been, um, you know, there have been some great signings. There have been some bad ones. He, he falls under the great category. He's making sell, himself a lot of money. Anything but an A here, I think, would be, you know, disingenuous from us. A minus then. Okay. And uh, how, I mean, how would you explain that? I mean, just because of the, you know, not staying healthy completely. You yeah, know? that's fine. Um, but I mean, you know, you look at it and this is a guy that we went into the season and I wasn't, I wasn't impressed by the signing. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw what I he did either. last year. You know, I saw what he did last year, what his numbers were last year with, with Tampa Bay. They were better, you know, the final two months and stuff, but it's not like he was a starter for them in the postseason. He wasn't, you know, anything special. And, and they gave him money that I just didn't think he deserved. Yeah, it was way hot when when we were guessing, I remember when they signed him on what that value would be. And we thought, you know, three and a half, four million ended up being seven. I was like, whoa, that's that's a, that seems like an overpay. But now you look at it and he might, you know, be a guy that they give a qualifying offer to for, you know, over 18, 19 million dollars, whatever that qualifying offer turns out to be this year. Right. Um. And, you know, I would not be shocked at all if they gave it to him. I think they probably will. And I wouldn't be shocked if he took it. You know, I think that yeah. that would be something that makes sense for both sides. So A, A minus, not much you can really criticize him for. One guy who has also went on the field, has led the staff, 18 starts, four one five ERA, just about 100 innings, but hurt over and over again. And that's Nate Evaldi in his final year of his four-year contract with the Red Sox. To me, when he was out there, he was... A tick below what he was last year, it seemed like he was never fully healthy, and that is always the question with this guy. It's the reason he's not going to get another huge deal in free agency this winter. C plus probably just for not being able to stay on the field. Yeah, I'd say about C, C minus, because it's not like you know his year was a lot different from last year. You know, like he right. was pretty and that's basically dominant an A plus last, last year. year, and and like 
you know, the home runs allowed. I mean, he gave up way too much hard contact and way too many, uh, mm-hmm. way too many home runs. 21 homers um, in, in 100 innings. I think and it was something five like of them against the Astros that day, right? Oh, yeah. I remember that day now that you say it. Wow. Yeah. That was a big game. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, he got booed off the mound that day. Yeah. And he also was the starter in the 28 5 loss. I mean, there were a couple really, really bad outings in there. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I look at it and, you know, his, it's, it's, it should be a very interesting off season for him and like the money that he's going to get, because, you know, the velo obviously dropped after the backslash hip thing that he was on the IL with. And now we're going to see him in like one or two starts. The whole year hasn't been what it was the previous two years. And so it should be interesting to see what kind of money he gets in free agency. Yeah, he's a guy that I would have guessed would have gotten the qualifying offer heading into the year and even through the midway point. Now I don't see that happening. I don't either. Um, because, Too much of a risk. Yeah, and also one of the things is that he's always been adamant that he wants to resign with the Red Sox and or that he wants to, um, yeah, yeah, you know, be extended and stuff like that and pitch for the Red Sox for you know many years to come. And mm-hmm. so if he's if you know. And that's true. So why would you give him the call? Why wouldn't you, you know, try to, you know, sign him for less? Right. <laughs> well, those are kind of your, your four main starters we've seen, you know, featured all season. Uh, there's a couple guys, very, very important guys uh, we'll get to in Gary Whitlock and Tanner Howe. But let's go to those rookie starters first. because We've seen a lot of them. We've seen 14 starts out of Josh Winkowski, 12 out of Cutter Crawford. We've seen now uh, this is the 11th outing for Brian Bayo <laughs> tonight. Connor Siebels, who will pitch uh, – Tomorrow on Wednesday, not sure when this is coming out, but on Wednesday he will pitch in Cincinnati. We'll get to all these guys kind of quickly now. Josh Winkowski, 14 starts, really good early, really, really bad for a couple months. Ends with a 5.75 ERA. Um, Compared to your expectations for him, where does that land? Yeah, I remember like, you know, like somebody said to me, like, you know, he's a number, he could be a number five starter. And that was when he was pitching well early, and I, I agree with that. But, like, right now I look at him as as a reliever, you know, somebody mm-hmm. that, you know, flashes that, you know, 98 or whatever, high 90s velocity for an inning or two instead of somebody that starts. So I, I look at him going forward as they might just commit him to him to the bullpen. I would give him a like a, a C minus. I mean, it's not like his, you know, he was thrown into that situation anyway. It's not like he should have started that many games if, you know, it's just the the situation with the injuries and stuff. And they could have had better spots for him if other guys performed, you know what I mean? They could have yeah. found better spots for him if other guys performed. So, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily give him a D, but based on performance, I guess, you know, you go C. Yeah. C-. I think C minus is fair. I mean, there's a good stretch there. I, I've told you multiple times, I think I've said it on here, they should have traded him uh, in July, maybe find a team that looks at those early results and it's not fooled by it, but, you know, is uh, sees them and kind of their eyes widen and they want a back-end kind of guy. I agree with you on the relief thing. I'll go a C-minus for him. Another guy who I think was the biggest surprise on the opening day roster in Cutter Crawford, uh, 21 outings, 12 starts, 5-4-7 ERA, 4-3-4 in the FIP, which is, uh, you know, a, a big improvement over the ERA. There was a stretch there where you were saying Cutter Crawford is the ace of the Red Sox, and there was a stretch there for a while where he was. 
uh, some blow up starts at the end and then he burnt out and, and ended up getting hurt here today. You know, they're announcing that he shut down for the season. Um, you know, he's a guy that you've been high on for a lot longer than I think anybody else has. He's one of your kind of pet project minor leaguers and maybe the first one to ever reach the majors. So uh, oh. I give Cutter, <laughs> I give Cutter <laughs> Crawford a, this is ridiculous for a guy with a five, four, seven ERA. I give him a B because he showed how good he could possibly be. I think he's established. He's going to be part of the major league staff next year. If he's healthy, um, did both roles. I know there was bumpy times. And when you look at a five, five ERA, it's not good, but look, he was good for a long time. He kind of stabilized the staff for a while. You know, not that they, you know, we're going to end up making the playoffs because of him or anything, but he showed me more in a lot of those outings than I thought he could. And, and therefore I'll give him a generous grade. Yeah. I'll give him a B B minus. I mean, that was the same thing. Like, you know, like I, I, you know, I, I, it was interesting year because, you know, he didn't perform well out of the bullpen to begin with. And, you know, he went back to the minors and, you know, he worked on some stuff, you know, he, he worked on, you know, his pitch mix, like, you know, using everything more and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he's got velo, you know, he's got several different pitches, you know, and when he mixes them up, he can be effective. We saw that for like a seven or eight game span. Maybe some of the struggles towards the end were just the result of an injury, uh, that, you know, he had there, but, um, you know, I look at it and I mean, as that's what you want to get out of a guy like that He's a right. late round pick. And, you know, I mean, maybe he could, you know, maybe he could be a three or four slider going forward. Yeah. And I think you know, everybody agrees. Bayo's ceiling is the highest of all these guys, but you you're pretty set that cutters ceiling is higher than Winkowski's. Yeah, and it's funny because we talked about that like mid-year or whatever, yep. and I said Winkowski, but like, yeah, Crawford's ceiling is probably higher. But, I mean, let's see what, you know, Winkowski can maybe do. Like, I mean, maybe he can become a lockdown reliever. I, you know, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people I know even now, Spears asked Alex Gore about, like, you know, short spurts with him, like being able to throw in the upper 90s and – you know, see what he's got there. So, I mean, they need to figure out some stuff. You tweeted today, they need to figure out the situations with Whitlock and, and Hauk, you know, and their roles going forward. That's another thing with, you know, Winkowski kind of going next year with a plan. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll go to Bayo now, who is pitching tonight. The 510 ERA is, is ugly. Uh, it's actually a 276 FIP, which is uh, one of the bigger discrepancies you'll see. I know it's only 42 innings heading into tonight. Um, Pretty impressive stuff from him the last couple of weeks. He's, we've seen him kind of learn on the fly. I think he was up earlier than the Red Sox wanted. He'd probably be making his debut, you know, maybe late August, early September in a perfect world for them. And uh, I think he's showing kind of that tantalizing stuff that makes him so exciting. For me, I mean, uh, like a B, you know, like there's <laughs> there's growing pains. The stat line's not going to be really, really uh, encouraging um, if you just look at some of the counting numbers, but he's shown us why he's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. And I think he's, you know, barring a surprise locked into the rotation next year. Yeah. Like, you know, you mentioned the fit, but the advanced stats and everything, and, you know, like also batting average on balls in play, you know, that Mm -hmm. was in the four hundreds and it shows that, you know, there were some bloops and some unluckiness to it. Um, You know, so like, you know, his ability to get swing and miss the change has been awesome. Um, you know, there's one game that like, you know, he threw like 12 changeups and seven of them were swing and misses or something like that. Um, you know, like he's, he's, 
you know, got so much talent. I remember a tweet back last year, you know, but when he was just like starting to, you know, get on the radar for people and stuff like that. And Peter Gammons had tweeted that, you know, somebody in the Red Sox from the, somebody from the Red Sox front office told him that his changeup looked like, you know, the best he's seen since Pedro's and undoubtedly, I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Pedro this early and stuff like that, but same body of work pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but the, the changeup does look really, really good. And, yeah. you know, like the slider, you know, can improve and stuff like that. And, you know, they've talked about him, like, you know, um, the strike zone narrowing, you know, when he's in the, as opposed to in triple a, you know, he, he got strikes, he got, uh, balls that were, uh, strikes that were called balls that, you know, you know, I mean, just because you have to, you know, you have a, a smaller strike zone in, in the major leagues and he had to adjust to that type of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'd give him a, uh, a B. Yeah. And, and that's, that's fair. I think, as I said, just because, you know, the, the numbers, the eye test, he, he's passed that all. Uh, Connor Siebel, three starts, 11, nine, one ERA. We'll see him again. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that will give him an incomplete there just in the, I mean, it's not really worth, you know, debating. Yeah. I, I do think that he's a guy that can still be, you know, your a depth starter next year. Those guys are good to have, um, but yeah, we will. Well, it's actually, it's actually funny because I was before he was named and before Pete, Abe, you know, mentioned that he was in Cincinnati. Say, so yeah, I was thinking about him earlier today, actually. And I was thinking to myself, could he be a, could he be a reliever? going forward too, like Winkowski, like, you know, that type of thing where he throws a little harder and his stuff maybe plays better in the bullpen. So we'll mm-hmm. see, but yeah, I'd say incomplete. And we have to give Chris sale a grade for his five and two thirds innings. I mean, I, I really like, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists on the bike accident. I think it actually happened. We saw in real time what happened in New York. Like, yeah, he has the worst luck ever that I don't fault him for that. I don't think he's, you know, some, you know, I, I don't think he's dogging at all, all these different things that have come out, but five and two thirds innings this year from him, anything but an F is too generous. Yes. I would go F and like, you know, you look at it and it's just like, he's on a five. What, what's the deal? Five years five for one forty-five. Five for one forty-five, And so far, how many innings has he thrown in, in, you know, since that deal started at the beginning of the 2000s, like 50 at the like you know yeah um so like you know i mean he had he didn't pitch at all in 2020 because of the tommy john he pitched Mm -hmm. you know basically all those if it's 50 innings they were all all came last year and you know because i mean so well if we do the math 45 and then five would be it would be the 50 yeah okay but what i'm trying to say is that (laughs) there's two of three seasons there's one season that he's only pitched half the season there's two of three seasons he hasn't pitched pretty much at all like of the right. contract it's crazy to think about and i just this guy is not somebody that you can rely on is is like you go into next year and i think they might do it but you can't go into next year with a pencil in you know you have to see what you got and i just as i've time. said it's a billion times if, if he came out and threw 170 innings next year and gave you like all-star production i would not be surprised like these aren't structural things that are going to like hurt him down the line right like the rib the, like the rib the wrist the pinky like he should be all right um until of course the next freak injury happens which we hope it doesn't for his sake but you can't count it out 
that's pretty much the rotation. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll go to the two. I think the two most important people on the staff for next year, you might say Pavetta. Uh, obviously you don't have Waka or Avaldi or some of these other guys locked in. Um, but you do know that Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock are going to be part of the Red Sox next year. Both guys have bounced yet again from the bullpen uh, and the rotation. Both guys yet again were pretty much really good. And both guys broke down and had season ending surgeries. We found out about Garrett Whitlock's season ending hip injury, uh, hip surgery today, um, which I think for those of us who have been monitoring this all season, it doesn't come as a surprise. Um, you know, he's just, he's been uncomfortable the whole time. Um, and he, like I've said a billion times too, he has been really good pitching through it. Um, but the Red Sox finally, it seems like gave in, shut him down. He'll undergo a minor hip surgery. They expect both Whitlock and Hauk to come back next year and be ready for spring training. There will be debate over what's better for them, bullpen or rotation. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to debate that on here um, and everywhere else. But let's look at the body of work that they had. Tanner Houck, uh, four starts before getting moved to the bullpen. And then he became basically a lockdown closer. If you take away that one outing against the Angels, he was like lights out. I think he only had one blown save and like nine chances. Ends the year with a 315 ARA. The FIP with him is, you know, pretty much on par there. 329. I mean, the wipeout stuff plays in the bullpen. I'd keep both of them in the bullpen. I'm going to beat that drum all season. For Tanner Houck, look, he broke down. He was not able to give you, you know, starter innings. I kind of blame the team for these injuries. We can get into that at a later date, but he looks like a guy who could be your closer, like real, a really good closer down the line for him finding that role and dominating in that role. I give him a B. Um, you know, I think you wanted more than 60 innings out of Hauk this year, but most of the ones he gave you were really good. And for that, he deserved some credit. Yeah. So Whitlock, I'd give a, a B minus B. I mean, uh, you know, we didn't like, get there yet, but okay. Oh, okay. I thought that you already gave Whitlock a grade. So you were just talking completely about how I was then? talking about where you just weren't listening at all. I was, but actually I was trying to get stats on Whitlock. I wanted to see that his, um, his, uh, innings between like his, the difference between his, um, ERA between start, starting and relieving. And so yeah, when you said I actually that, wrote that today. So just look at the, the thing I wrote on, on the surgery. <laughs> I'll give Hauk a B and I'll give Whitlock a B. I mean, really like Whitlock's three, yeah, four, okay. five ERA looks bad because he had a what one ERA last year and zero from what I like. He was still pretty good, and he was really, really good out of the bullpen. Um, and that's with a, a bum hip the entire year. So I'll give him both Bs if that's too generous, you know, whatever. Yeah, so I'd give him uh, – yeah, I'd say improve from a B-minus to a B for Whitlock and, you know, give Hauk a B, B too. Um, I think the some of the advanced stats on Hauk were a lot better than, you know, what maybe the ERA and still, even though the ERA wasn't bad and everything. I mean, mm -hmm. like – he was pretty much, he was pretty locked down in the bullpen and uh, you know, and, and how, I mean, in Whitlock, I don't even know who I'm talking about anymore. Whitlock. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Whitlock. Um, all right. So, yeah. So as I said, like I'm looking at his reliever stats, 2.75 ERA in 39 innings and 39 and one third innings and 39 innings as a starter, uh, nine starts, 4.15 ERA. So it's like, I, I, to, I like I am not on the same train as you like totally completely like ruling him out as a as a starting pitcher. I think mm -hmm. those numbers can be a lot better as a starting pitcher if yeah. he's oh he has the potential to do prepared it prepared as a starting pitcher and you know and, and he has 
you know, his role going forward and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I mean, this was kind of like, they, you know, he started the year in the bullpen. They thought he was going to be and then like mid April, you know, and then he was throwing like three, four innings. They're trying to build up and stuff. It wasn't like, you know, he was right out of the gate and he was a starting pitcher and, you know, that's their, his job. So I think that he can perform better in that situation. How I look as, you know, I look at either one of them as they could be the closer next year. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, how I, I look more as a reliever. So B's for those guys. I think it's fair. Like, I think Hauk was dominant as a closer. I think Whitlock was still dominant out of the bullpen. Little bumpy as a starter, but as Alex Cora always says, he's human. He's he's not perfect. That's a good segue into the bullpen. We're going to talk about a lot of relievers, and I think you have to give the Red Sox bullpen as a whole, minus a couple of guys, an F for the season. I think they built it horribly. I think it's been a problem all year. Um, from day one, we could all see it. For some reason, they couldn't, and, you know, uh, it, it, some of these numbers are, are outrageous that we'll talk about and guys just having terrible, terrible years. Um, and if you look at, let's just go through it. The guys who are um, big parts of the opening day bullpen who are no longer on the team. Let's see. Uh, Austin Davis, Sawamura, Diekman, Robles, Valdez, and then other guys, even Darwinson Hernandez was horrible. He was up. Familia was horrible for this team. Um, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of guys like that. And Darwinson Hernandez has a 21 6 ERA. Um, Familia was 6 10. Valdez got DFA'd. Robles was, I mean, just he didn't even pitch in the majors after he got bounced. Deekman, I think, was a bad signing. They were able to get out from under that, which is a good move. Salomar actually wasn't that bad, but you know, not, not a guy you could rely on. And Austin Davis from July on, I think, was one of, you know, the worst left-handed relievers in baseball, and that's why he is uh, also a free agent at this point because he gets DFA'd by the Twins too. So that leaves us with a few guys who have been either on the team for the whole year um, or you know are 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 just up. I think it's fair to give Herman an incomplete because he has not recorded an out in the major leagues yet. Zach Kelly, Bizarro, you want to touch on those guys quickly? I know you like both of them, and, um, and uh, let's do, and just I don't necessarily kinda... like Bizarro. I I think that let's just put it that way. Like I was high on him at one point, but like, if you look at this year, it, even in triple I think his batting average against was like 275, 280. It's like, it's not like he even had that great of a year triple a. So like I'm not high on him. I I'm higher on like guys like Zach Kelly and, and frankly, Herman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was an interesting, it was an interesting outing with Herman just because he couldn't locate his, his slider at all right. for a strike. You got to figure the jitters back. play in there. Yeah, but like you know, you got to be able to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, right. And so, like, they're not going to swing at that if you know if if you keep throwing it for like that. So, like, I, I don't know. I look at those two guys as guys that can really help out going forward next year. But I don't know about Bizarro. I wouldn't be surprised if you know he was off the roster at some point this year. Yeah, well, they did pay him at some point this off season. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's really more like some of these guys. It's be weird to grade, but like. Darwinson Hernandez, any future in the organization? No, actually, I was thinking about him recently, and I was like, he is a probably a DFA candidate um, this offseason. They're going to have several Rule Five guys that you know could be scooped up by other teams. I don't think that uh, you know Heim's going to put a ton of guys like just be forced to put guys on because you know like like and you know edison paulino or something like he's a single a guy who's got a lot of talent the yeah. Sox prospects doesn't rank as number 10 but 
are you going to put him on the roster? Um, you know, as a single A guy, probably not. He'll probably, you know, Bloom will probably take a chance, but there's a lot of guys that, you know, even the two guys that he got, you know, in the trade with Christian Vasquez are mm-hmm. rule five eligible. So there's a lot of rule five guys. You're going to see probably a, a bigger, a bigger number than normal rule five guys that need to be added. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they're going to have a lot of empty spots anyway, once people become free agents and stuff, yeah. but and I wouldn't Abraham be surprised. If, yes. Yes. But, um, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, if Hernandez gets DFA. I just think with him, it's just, I don't know if the control is ever going to be there. Yeah. No. And he's a two pitch pitcher at, at his best, you know, a weird year for him. They said, let's go reinvent you. Uh, he's starting to turn a corner, hurt his knee, came back, looked good in triple a and came up and, I mean, 17 earned, or uh, what is this, 14 earned runs? Or, no, it's hits. All the numbers are horrible. So, uh, whatever, 21-60 ERA in the majors. Um, touched on Kelly, who's actually been pretty good. You know, going to give him, I uh, was still incomplete, but, you know, in seven outings has, has been pretty good. Bizardo, not as good. Caleb Ortega has pitched a lot for the Red Sox. 5.79 ERA, 3.71 FIP. I mean, there's times where he goes out there and explosive fastball looks like they're trying to give him a look. I and mean, he's not, you know, a kid. He's 30, 31. Um, but a guy that, you know, is, is auditioning now for a bullpen spot next year. I mean, probably give him a C. I don't know, maybe an incomplete. How would you go with Caleb Ort before we get into yes. some of these higher leverage guys? C is fine. Like, I, it's funny. Like, I think the Red Sox view him as, you know, Somebody that still like, even though he has struggled and the numbers aren't there, they still see a lot of potential. And we saw that with, you know, that potential a few, few outings ago when he had a fastball of 101.7. Um, I think, it, yeah, it was close to 101. And, you know, we struck out two batters in that outing. I'm trying to think who it was against, but I can't really remember. But anyway, they all um, run together, September. Yeah. So, like, you can see what they like about him. Um, but like, you know, he is a 30 year old guy that was an independent, you know, pendant, independent, um, baseball guy and stuff like that. And, uh, and so, you know, we'll see what, it, what he is going for, but I'd say about a C. Yeah, that's totally fair. Let's get to the guys who are, you know, still on the team and have kind of made up the core of this bullpen all year. We'll start with, uh, I guess Tyler Danish, who, uh, I don't really see being a huge part of this team, but if you actually look at the numbers, 408 ERA, like he's given them as a back end of the bullpen guy, like enough for a guy that nobody knew anything about heading into the year. I know he was hurt for a lot of it. Uh, B minus C plus. I don't really want to spend too much time on this one, but yeah, I give him a B minus like, because, you know, I remember in, uh, you know, some of those situations before he got hurt in like late May, you know, June when they were playing pretty good baseball or whatever. Um, I, I know it's like late May because I remember it was when I was on that Atlantis, it, that Atlanta, Texas road trip and stuff. And he got some situations where you were like, okay, wait a minute. They're throwing, you know, him out in the seventh inning and Schreiber out in the eighth inning. And this was before you, you know, you really right. kind of knew what right. they had with Schreiber. I'm like, we'll get to him. you know, this is crazy, you know? And so he did pitch some, um, you know, important innings for them, uh, you know, in when they were, uh, coming back after their bad start and stuff like that. And he helped them. So I'd give him a B. Yeah. I mean, no expectations. Good for him. You know, the guy who took a while to, to reach the majors has a lot of talent as evidenced by his, you know, I used to be a prospect, high draft pick, all that stuff. We'll now talk about kind of the, the four guys who've been in the bullpen all year. Uh, first <clears> off, Matt Barnes, uh, the 508 ERA doesn't really represent the season he's had because there was the 
absolute horror that was pre-injury Matt Barnes and the pretty much lights out guy that has been the post-injury Matt Barnes. Don't have the exact numbers right in front of me, but he's looked like himself. He's looked like the reliever that, you know, like they gave that money to. I, I've been hard on Matt Barnes all the time. I've, I've written him off before. Um, but like, if you look at what he's done, he, he reinvented himself. He was fine. When opening day hits next year, who the hell knows what we're going to get. I'm going to give him an A minus for coming back and looking like this. I think it's, re- I think it, you know, to say yeah, I'm just completely discounting those first, you know, few months before he got hurt. I'll give Matt Barnes an A minus. I'll take that stand. Wow. I give him a C plus just because, you know, like he, I think they were relying on, relying on him, you know, coming into the season to be not Matt Barnes of the first half of last year where he was absolutely dominant, but Matt yeah. Barnes, the Matt Barnes that you we've seen for, you know, his Red Sox career, you know, he could be a reliable guy and he just didn't give them what they needed in the bullpen. Um, no, the ERA you know, was over seven back then. And, you know, so, I mean, maybe it was injury, um, you know, that they, they had something largely to do with that. I, you know, I don't know, but like he found something when he, when he was off for that amount of time and, yep. He's come back and he's been really good. And I think you, you need to look at him as the guy that, um, you know, going into next year, you don't necessarily, you know, rely on him to be your closer or whatever. Um, but you you think, yeah, he can pitch. He could pitch in important games and, you know, he, he's somebody. And since August 4th, this is 18 outings, 16 and two thirds innings, four earned runs, um, 16, uh, 16 hits. So like a hit an inning, but he's limited the damage four earned runs. 16 strikeouts, 216 ERA, 263 FIP, batting average balls in play, 327. I mean, 606 OPS against. Like I just like he's he's been good. He's been, you know, it seems like he's back to, you know, kind of close to what his peak is at the, this point, you know, heading into his age uh 33 basically season. Um, and I think, you know, he deserves some credit for that. And I'll I I again have not been as high on Matt Barnes as other people in the past, so I'll give him an A minus and be kind of overweight on his season here. Uh, next reliever we'll get to is the other end of the spectrum grading wise, Ryan Brazier. His ERA is over six. Uh, give him credit for guess, sticking in the bullpen for the entire season. Uh, 55 and a third innings. Do not understand the infatuation with him. I know the stuff is there. I know he's been good in the past, but he's one of these guys that, you know, uh, for a team that's DFA'd a lot of players, whether it be Pulecki or, you know, releasing Bradley or moving on from Salamara and Davis, he's the guy with nine lives in this team. I don't really get it. I mean, D minus F, well, how would you, I go D minus for him just because if you're a reliever and you give your team 55 innings, I guess you could deserve some credit, but they've not been good innings. Yeah, I guess I'd go D. I mean, like, you know, it's funny because the FIP isn't bad. Like the FIP is 3.63. So that actually makes me question FIP. And I've actually, <laughs> I've seriously though, like, because um, I'm going to look it up right now because like, I actually was going to ask a baseball, like, you know, stack guru, this question, like how much influence are they putting on, on FIP now? Because, and we mentioned it several times here throughout the thing, but like Mm -hmm. when you go on to Ryan Brazier's uh, let's go to his baseball savant page. I'm going on to it right now. Um, Here we go. So, yeah. So like um, average exit velocity, 4% in the league, hard hit percentage, 3%. So this is about like the the worst 3% of pitchers in the league. Yes, yes. Expected ERA and expected weighted on base percentage, 32%. So the worst 32% in the league. Expected batting average, 26%. 
So in the in the bottom twenty six percent of the so league, you're, what you're saying is those expected, numbers are not particularly expected slug, yeah expected sluggish but eleven barrel percentage fourteen so those that makes me think like what's going like I don't know, like what how is he have a three point six three fit so like I, <laughs> I I I was going to ask somebody this question this week so like you know I look at it and I just don't understand like how he stayed on the roster this whole year I mean. Um, you know, you go back, you had the awesome 2018 season. I'm going to look at it right now. Since then, since the beginning of 2019, he has uh, made 161 appearances and he has a 4.86 ERA. So he's basically a average to below average reliever over the past, you know, four mm-hmm. seasons. So, I mean, I think that it's a guy that, he gets a D right now and they're probably going to DF, uh, not DFA him, but um, non-tender him this offseason. Yeah, no, I think he's definitely one of those guys that you could see, you know, he's going to be bumped up arbitration wise. Um, and I mean, there's, there's really no future there. Well, although like if he was, if it seems like an obvious non-tender to me, but if it, if it is, if it was an obvious non-tender to them, why, you know, why didn't they, you know, get rid of him? <laughs> you know, within the final month when they're trying to get looks at other people, but whatever. Yeah, I know it's it's puzzling. So maybe, it has been for so the maybe last it month, so but maybe, maybe they see something and he will get tendered. I don't know. Well, the stuff is there, and you see it, as Alex Cora always says. <laughs> the last two guys we'll talk about: two guys who've had pretty good years. Lefty Matt Strom signed to that three million dollar deal. There was a lot of hype out of spring training. He was able to stay healthy, other than the freak thing where you get hit in the wrist structurally. Uh, everything's been fine. Two nine five ERA, two eight six FIP, forty seven strikeouts and thirty nine two thirds innings. You know, I think he's been kind of the most. I know there was a stretch there where he wasn't very good, but he's been, you know, like for three million dollars, pretty good. I give Matt Strom an A minus, and I think that he could get a pretty good deal in free agency, either as a reliever if someone buys him as a starter, which he wants to do. If you'll re- be able to read about in on Mass Live in short order. Yeah, so it was interesting. Like when they signed him, and I heard about it. I remember being at spring training, and I uh, texted somebody in the Red Sox front office. Is this a minor league deal or a major right. league? Yeah, deal? Yeah, it seemed obviously like a minor league deal, but not to them. Yeah, I, I I couldn't believe it that it was a major league deal, but I guess they were right. I was wrong. Um, mm-hmm. However, they were wrong on a lot of other things too. I mean, giving Jake Diekman that type of money and stuff like that, yada yada yada. But yep. um, I mean, he's been he's been worth more than one year three uh three million over one year i'll, I'll tell you that so uh yeah i'd give him a, a b plus would you give him a minus yeah a minus five b plus. all the same and the last guy we'll, we'll touch on an out of nowhere guy who's been really good i know the things that towards the end of the year were not as good at as at the beginning uh but john schreiber as we sit here on september 20th has a 197 era in 59 and a third innings He's gotten a, a lot of work because they needed him to. 67 strikeouts, a 220 FIP, a whip under one, uh, barely any home runs given up. He's given up two homers in 60 innings. Um, that's an easy A to me. All right. So I'm going to go back to a tweet when you sent out these things last week. And uh, let's see here. Um, somebody had mentioned. I can't even find it now. Whatever. Um, 
but yeah, somebody mentioned Schreiber and they they said something like B or something like that. And I'm like, wow, I'm glad you didn't have you as a teacher. That guy deserves an A, nothing, nothing else. <laughs> like, right. He's he's been the guy that they've, you know, has held this bullpen together the entire year. And um, you know, I, I think that it can continue uh, into next year. Um, you know, the, the added velocity is, is, you know, and the angle that he has, you know, with the added velocity and stuff like, I just look at him as, as a guy that they hit on and that, you know, is one of those waiver guys. I mean, that's people often criticize like, you know, uh, the waiver, you know, like that blooms a waiver guy, you know, he's looking for, mm-hmm. you know, certain guys, but all baseball people do that. Every team does that. And you hope that, for you know, twenty guys that you pick up on waivers, that two of them, uh, yep. John Christian Arroyo, Christian Arroyo yep, are exactly. going to be are going to be guys that you know can really help out your team for a long time. And those two guys, I think, can help out the team for a long time. Yeah, and this guy we're giving an A. They still really should have traded him at the deadline. I'll die on that hill because he's a free agent after the twenty twenty six season. What if he's not this guy next year? Could have traded him for a lot. I know it would have sent a bad message. They should have done it. Red Sox fans hated hearing that on Twitter when I tweeted it. They might care. They might not care as much now. Um, but I think it would have been a prudent move. So that's our grades. Uh, I think that we got the whole team. Um, it's been a long season. Uh, we know it's not completely over yet, but as we get to the end here, thank you as always, everybody, for listening to the Fenway Rundown. And thanks, Chris, for spending some time handing out some grades. Yeah.